I do an interview show, it's like for co-op radio, and then I podcast the episodes. And I have to convince myself sometimes it's like, oh no, this is worth it. And it's like it's, uh, I I do it for my own fun and benefit, but I have to make sure it's like that I post things and podcast the, the episodes because um, there's even though I don't necessarily monitor how many people listen or how many downloads there are, it's like or how many people listens to the radio show live. It, it's still important to somebody, and I've had some folks it's like say they really appreciate my style of stuff, and it, and it's and it's creating a an alternative for for it's like maybe the 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 average radio or podcast um, landscape. They're they're finding something, and it's like and, and what I do, and it's like and they appreciate. Or at least appreciate the work that I put into it. It's like even if they don't necessarily listen to a particular episode. Broadcaster, DJ, and audio engineer Tracy Schultz joins the Plutopia podcast this time. Tracy is a regular voice on KUTFM and Co-op Radio. He joins Scoop and Susie in a wide-ranging discussion about radio, making media, and much more. I'm Scoop Sweeney, and my co-host. Susie Sheeler is right over there. I will defer to Susie to introduce our esteemed guest. Hello, Tracy. It's hey. good to see you again. Uh, everybody knows Tracy. My God, he's been around forever. He's the radio man. He works for KUT. Well, he he did do some some work for KUT, but he does co-op. He works with co-op. Well, yeah, uh, it's like a co-op. I did uh, KGSR. KGSR uh, and didn't you did do 101? 101X. Yeah. And, uh, I I was uh, doing promotions for KLBJ and right. And um, I got started in 2009. Um, basically, it was the 2008 uh, Great Recession that. Ooh. Uh, the job that I had as a draftsman is like it was coming to an end and, uh, because uh, we did a lot of school related work and funding was frozen. So I got a severance package. I had a couple hours worth of uh, radio, film and television credits at San Antonio College. And I decided to double down and make radio full time. Nice. And it kind of worked out, kind of. <laughs> kind of worked well, out. So yep. were you but wanting to be an engineer with the draftsman thing or? Is that well, where, where you were going? Yeah, all those years ago, I was like, I, I wanted to be a, a mechanical engineer because I there was a guy named uh, Jay Mays who was kind of famous for doing the redesign of the Volkswagen Bug. And so, the, he, so the new one? Yeah, the new new edition that came out like some 20 years ago now plus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he also did the, the, the Ford Thunderbird and he did uh, the Audi TT. If you remember that uh, little two-seater sports car, and yes. um, so I was like, "It's like that's what I want to do. I want to do cool. car design, product design, and uh, make cool things." And uh, but when I got to UT UTSA, it's like to do mechanical engineering school stuff. I hit a plateau where I couldn't. I just didn't have it in me to do the homework, and then I didn't. I couldn't just regurgitate things. It's like for the tests. Right. And so I hit a plateau. It's like I, 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 I did OK in high school when everything was kind of easy. But whenever I started hitting thermodynamics, I couldn't <laughs> make it. I couldn't fake it. So 
Yeah, because the you can't really lie about numbers. You can't. It's it's like the difference between baking and cooking. I think, you know, yeah. math and math and and words. Yeah, I had a similar experience uh, in college. I was studying uh, business, but I was also working late night at the uh, at a local radio station up in North Texas, just north of Dallas. And I decided one finally that I was just not the guy to be in marketing. And I stayed with radio for about 10 years before I ended up at uh, KPFT in Houston, which was a total different kind of thing. That's where I met our buddy Thorne Dreyer. Uh Yeah. It's been all fun since then. (laughs) Well, you you have that classic radio voice. uh, Yes. That's uh, that's, uh, that, that, that timber. And, uh, I, I was getting into it. It's like just in, just when things were kind of shifting a little bit, and they were kind of dissuading people from that that classic radio voice. They want you all to sound the same. Is that the idea? Well, I guess it was like a, an everyman type quality. Yeah. And so they were they were just kind of it was it was flavors. It was a, it was just a changing tide, and uh, it's it's still kind of shifting a little bit. Um, vocal vocal shred was uh, something that people talked about it's like a few years ago it's like where you have that kind of like valley speak type thing oh that was all over california radio (laughs) yeah and it's like and and you have that lit at the end when somebody says everything like a question i hate that (laughs) but that became uh, in uh, that became passable uh, yeah if not in style and so that's you started hearing folks on the airways it's like especially broadcasters and interviewers it's like and i guess that's again kind of playing into that more wow naturalistic way of- yeah when i was working in the bay area i was kind of the outlier because i was doing a lot of freelance stuff for kzan and kpfa in berkeley and there were a lot of guys who were just you know they had all sorts of uh uh accents and mannerisms that were not the Ralph radio kind of thing coming to you live. It's, you know, people, talk, <laughs> people talk like people and, I, and I've moved to that too. I, you know, I was just, this is how I normally sound, but I, it, it, it paid off in radio for a while anyway, but radio stopped paying about 1980. I was with the uh, <laughs> news service, which is a radio news service in San Francisco. And when Reagan got into office, radio stations said, ah, screw the news. We're not going to do news anymore. So <laughs> no more news service. Wow. wow. That's well, crazy. Well, yeah. right when I got into radio and I I went back to class because I had like a severance package and I could I could go to school and I could take an internship in Austin. I figured it's like, I'm going to move from San Antonio to Austin and use this school year as a means to be able to do so. So I was able to make myself a job at MS at uh, 101X, uh, KROX here in Austin, and then just hung around and they had enough stations that I, that's, that I just kind of floated around to make a spot of myself. But it was good timing in a one weird way because of the recession um they were hi- they were firing people <laughs> oh. so, but i was working for free so right. they couldn't fire me so i dodged the, the the layoffs it's like they had two runs of layoffs it's like uh in 
uh, when I was there in that spring of 2009. And I just kind of kept my head low and did a lot of things for free. Yeah. And so by the time it's like the summer rolled around when they were starting to like to get back, it's like some intro job positions. I was able to make myself useful. And oh, so that's, that's fantastic. That's well, very, very that's, smart there. You know, that, absolutely. That's identical to how I got started in radio in my hometown, the town where John uh, Lepkowski and I both uh, grew up. And I got a training class that uh, a local guy did, and he directed me over to uh, the, one of the local radio stations. And I went there, and they said you could be an intern. I had no idea what an intern was, but oh, I, I bet you found out. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I wasn't getting any money, but I was getting a lot of experience. And I just hung around, and all of a sudden, the late night DJ quit or got fired something like that yeah and i jumped right in and it was downhill from there (laughs) Uh, that's that's honestly it's like why how a few of my friends were able to make something happen was because at klbj am at least then at that time they still had uh an overnight person uh things have kind of shifted away from a lot of that it's like where a lot of things are pre-recorded now it's like for uh, midnight to 6 a.m. and for Saturdays and Sundays. It's like at least at commercial stations. Uh, but they still needed somebody to check the tower to make sure all the stations were running, uh, especially during thunderstorms and yeah. blizzards. And so if you were the guy that had to be there, it's like from 12 midnight until 6 a.m. It's like you had to check, make sure it's like all half dozen or so radio stations were working and all the streams were up. Oh, wow. And, and if somebody had like a live remote on Saturdays and Sundays from a, a car dealership or something, you had to make sure it's like their spots fed into the machine and, and regurgitated on time. So it's like it was job security. So Yeah. Yeah. The automation yeah. Uh, solution to uh, radio turned out to be really ugly for people in small you know, local radio stations that were were scooped up by the big chains, you know, because a lot of the big guys, you know, uh, Clear Channel or whatever they're calling themselves now, would scoop up all these little local stations and feed them programming over from, from the mothership, wherever that was. Yeah, and they're doing. There, they do there, that there was the... no real local programming going on, and a lot of these things, there was no local news. It was just, you know, turn the switch and there you go. And that was a sad thing because. A lot of these little rural radio stations, that was the only news out there. And when that went away, then people were just, you know, left high and dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there. I I think back, it's like, at least in Oprompolis, where I originally grew up at, uh, there's a there's a KNBT. And KNBT is uh, one of those small stations that they do weekly or i say weekly they do is like pretty much every hour it's like especially during the news programs live remotes or local announcements or something along those lines to make it hyper focused local and i think that's they, really cool they've kept up because uh new Braunfels is not a big town but it's a growing town and so I, I think they were able to find a way to have that visibility and still make it um work economically mm-hmm. and Especially when we were having floods and like, what was it, uh, uh, 98 in 2001, we had two major yeah, floods yeah. and uh, having that type of uh, on the ground response and okay. and being able to coordinate information that was like was kind of key. So a lot of folks recognize that and, and 
Wimberley has a community station now, and they've been there for, for a few years now. And part of the reason why they have that station is because of the local need during emergencies, during floods and things. And so right. there's, there's been some, there's been some like swings. It's like back. It's like to having that hyper local coverage. Yeah. So. You, 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 uh, especially, uh, in this area, and and even more so in uh, West Texas and North Texas, which is basically Tornado Alley, if you don't have someone who can warn people that something bad is a, is about to happen, it it can have a horrendous impact on a little town that you know, doesn't know the tornadoes on the way because you know the radio station is still playing stuff from L.A. or New York. Yeah, and I. I had <laughs> I had one time I was up uh, at my weekend job. It's like, and they said, "Oh, hey, it's like, have you uh, have, are you talking about the tornado?" And I was like, "Going, um, I'm looking at the National Weather Weather Service general map and the default National Weather Service website for our area. Just has." basic warnings and highs and lows, and it doesn't have details. It's like, oh, well, you have to go to the TV weather map and it's like, and you go to the type in, it's like uh, the, the local TV station and you see their weather map. It's like, oh, hey, there's our turn. There's a tornado watch in effect. It's like for uh, everything east of Mopac here in Austin. Oh, God. It's like, uh, I did not know that. So That's pretty Austin, much all of Austin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's this wide band. It's like going up and down. It's like to, just to, to the east side. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just to the west side because it was okay. going west to east. So okay. pardon me. But yeah, it's like it was going. Everything is like from 71 to 183. It's like just west of Mopac. It's like, oh, oh it's like there's a, there's a, and then I think there's a watch and then there's a warning. And I think warning is more serious that they actually warning means they've saw seen something. One. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so there was a warning in effect. So. Back in the Stone Age of uh, radio, we didn't have any of that. All we had was the emergency broadcast system, which was a little a receiver that every station was supposed to have in the studio that would go off when they uh, triggered an, uh, what they called an EBS alert that said, you know, there's an emergency, and then you would get information that was broadcast from some central station that would tell you there's a tornado warning or whatever. And then the president's been you, shot. You basically had to either go look outside <laughs> or yeah. go to the Associated Press wire machine and see if it's printed. And they would usually have, you know, if you had local news on the Associated Press machine, then it would print out the, the weather warnings. But it wasn't real instantaneous. So you were flying by the seat of your pants at little radio stations like ours. Yeah, I, I was just kind of amazed that. Uh... That the National Weather Service website was, for at least our zip code is like wasn't as detailed as the television, and so it's like it was kind of I was a little you know, but it is what it is. It's like you just try to get to, it's like the best information possible out there to the folks. It's like uh, in real time and people like during the freeze. It's like uh, I was on the air huh. during during the freeze. It's like uh, that uh, Valentine's Day in 2020. And um, I I came in specifically because I knew other people had family, pets, plants that they needed to take care of and and elderly uh, family members. And so I I was able to make my way it's like to the station and I was able to be on the air it's like for the next two days as <laughs> doing my normal shifts and everything worked out. Um, 
but it was it was awesome and crazy at the same time it's like yeah in retrospect it was it was pretty crazy yeah i remember you know trying to find out what was going on and we lost all power out here where i'm out in bastrop county mm. and we lost all power and all water and you know uh there's no there's no internet all i had was the weather radio which is battery operated so i was able to kind of fish around and find somebody who was broadcasting there there were a lot that weren't i mean they lost power too and that uh, is what i don't think we're going to have that things this about year. radio is it you know t you know tv is great but radio is a lot easier to get back on the air there's not as much you know infrastructure you have to get up and going when you are having a power problem uh-huh yeah and some sometimes it's like if you had satellite tv and you got well you know a tough storm it's like your signal could go Dawn. out yeah um luckily it's like radio for at least you know for all intents and purposes kind of pierces a lot of that but um, but yeah, we got lucky. It's like being at the the station was on campus and it was near a hospital, and so mm -hmm. you're on the grid. It wasn't part of the uh, the the rolling blackout or it's like or uh, the cramping down like of services. So kind of kind of was lucky in some ways. It's like to avoid some of the hardship that other people had. And me and my folks live in Braunfels, and we got lucky down there as well. It's like where we we boiled water just because but it's like yeah. uh, we still had lights and heat um it's like uh for throughout that whole experience so, wow we didn't yeah. <laughs> yeah it's it's just luck honestly it's 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 just just dumb luck in some some respects yeah even the exit signs were weren't lit i mean and i thought those were like lit by batteries because like when everything goes out they're supposed to stay on or or and uh, it's like solar panels or something i would have thought I, I so i open the door in my apartment i'm on the fourth floor and i open the door to the you know and i have to to take the dog out and it's pitch black pitch black i can't see anything wow i had to like feel my way along the wall to get to an exit door it was awful the exit wow. signs weren't up <laughs> oh i wanted to ask okay so we were talking earlier just for a few seconds about classic radio voices and accents. Yeah. So I just found out in France um, that on TV as well as radio for a long time, and I knew this, that um, you had to have a, what they call Parisian accent mm. or to, to do any kind of radio or any kind of television news. That kind of thing. Yeah. You had to have a certain way to speak. They're very much like that um there's a book uh i mean you you can only name your children after saints etc and there's a there's a list of children of names that you can, you can that's why you never hear of anyone named you know sunflower Francais, you know this just oh. doesn't happen really <laughs> yeah they're not allowed to that's that, this, that's that's a little different the way they are so um but so now they're trying to put diversity into the mix now, you know, because they're like, oh, we can't be seen as being, you know, low, thinking everyone's low rent who's not in Paris. So now they're actually courting people who have a Marseille accent or, uh, you know, a, an accent from Bordeaux. And they're all very different. It's like a Dallas accent versus a 
a Houston accent, you know, <laughs> I can tell a difference. And, uh, and so, and that's their new diversity play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's big one. That, that's, that's pretty interesting. I know it's like for traditional TV yeah. radio is like, is the Midwestern accents. Like, um, exactly. And so I, I've had, when I was waiting tables in the early nineties, I had people ask me, it's like where I was from, if I was from somewhere like uh, Minnesota or Milwaukee or something like that. And I, and, and I didn't get it, but I think it was because I stuttered a lot as a kid and I watched a lot of TV and I still stutter, but it's less and it only comes up under certain times. And, and I think maybe I reprogrammed myself some way by watching a lot of TV. So yeah. Yeah. yeah when I moved from uh, KPFT in Houston, all the way to KPFA in Berkeley, uh, I stood out like a sore thumb because I, I I thought I had you know radio voices like no you've got a Texas accent it's like oh, okay great <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's the kiss kiss of death in that market so fortunately I got into you know print news service for radio which was <laughs> a hybrid and got to do a lot of audio. Well- <laughs> what was that guy's name? He did he did pretty well with his accent. Uh uh shit. He was with the Geese and Slaws. Oh. Oh, what was his name? Bob Bob and I, Dale. I can, Dale? I can picture I can picture the two guys. He got fired. He got fired like right in the middle of the show. <laughs> oh uh, you talking about Bobby Cole? Uh well, it was the other guy, Bob from Cole the, um, and the Giesenslaws. Yeah, the guy from the Giesenslaws. I can't remember his name. I can't believe it. He used That's to do the 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 uh, Jack Brown cleaners where you can pick up your skirts and drop down your or drop your pants. Or <laughs> thought he was the funny. He was so funny. What was his name? Oh my gosh. Uh, Sammy Allred. Yes, I was gonna yeah, say. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's a radio local radio legend, Sammy. Sammy, Allred. oh yeah. man. Yeah. Apparently, he got fired a lot. <laughs> yes. He got fired a lot, and uh, I, he was out of the scene. At least it's like I just knew him by infamy. By the time uh, I started uh, hanging around KLBJ I, and KLBJ AM, we used to listen to him all the time. He's just hilarious. He's absolutely hilarious. He said there was another one. Where he said you gotta go over to whatever Chevrolet where you get more head. And leg room. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Gee, I wonder why they ab- objected to all of that. Uh, Love that guy. God, he's funny. <laughs> I, I I do consider a pl- privilege to kind of being able to meet Cactus Pryor. And, oh, uh, yeah. His son, Don Pryor, is still at KLBJ AM. And, and uh, I, got, I got there. Uh, Cactus Pryor wasn't making the rounds all the time, but he was nearby, and so he would come in occasionally. So it was nice to be able to meet him it because very cool. Yeah, I grew up really in the brothels in San Antonio, but it's like I tried to catch up as fast as possible when I got to Austin, and he was like just one of those guys. It's like He's that's been around, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's like and and one of the uh, original uh, guys who's like who did the. Um, the uh, uh the the wit and witticism type yeah. style of delivery of of things on broadcasting and and there's not a whole lot of folks that do the will rogers style of broadcasting anymore yeah it's it's true 
Yeah, people that sound down home or see kind of, kind of a, a vanishing breed now on any kind of media. Everybody is supposed to be professional and serious. Yeah, yeah. you have to enunciate and learn your diction and all that kind of stuff well i have to say though i have heard people like on podcasts or things who i, I can't understand anything they're saying you know <laughs> uh, really they've never they don't understand they've never taken into consideration that maybe you know they need to slow down or you know even maybe pronounce things correctly that would help also yeah but uh yeah and, and certain podcasts get famous and then they don't necessarily feel they need to change. And so it's like, it's, it, they have their own language inside the podcast itself. And it's like, and you, and, and I, I, I don't know. It's like, I think podcast is great, but also I think it's like, it may have made things more niche. Yeah. It's but, like in less universal. So. There's no entry uh, exam or anything like that to get into podcasting. You just have to have yeah. a microphone and a, uh, uh, computer something to say you, you don't even have oh somebody. no you don't have, you have to have, have something to say. to say you could just babble Abs a lot babbling yeah. is is very big in podcast only fans i've done only that yeah. myself. <laughs> and, and it's funny to me because it's like I, I when something hits and it becomes super popular and it becomes the thing and it's like and it has like millions of fans and it's like i don't always get it because i if it was like if it's genuinely funny that's one thing. If it's yeah. like if they have an angle or they're reaching an audience that is underserved, it's like, you know, it's but there's times where it's like some things get super popular and I don't necessarily understand why. I think it's luck. It's like just happened to hit on a thing yeah. at a time and everybody jumps in on it and becomes buzzy and that becomes that perpetuates them yeah so. a lot of times i i will listen and, and I, i'm not getting it and it's probably because i'm from a way different generation than these folks are from yeah but there, there, every once in a while something that's like comes across it's like that you're like oh it's like this is like there's a there's a famous now famous podcast called song exploder and the idea it's an interview show and they take they ask it's like their guests it's like a, about that one song and they do like a deep dive and it's like how that one song by that one artist kind of came to be and there's something about the way the dynamic worked and the way it's like the the host came across and that now it's like it's a famous podcast and they've gotten famous people to do the show and it's just because of word of mouth and Somebody got to somebody's publicist and they heard good feedback about how they, the, their friends were treated on it and yeah. that per, kind of perpetuates kind of like uh, WTF with Mark Marin. Like, you know, he was famous yeah. before he started yeah. doing that among comedians, mm -hmm. but then people heard what he was doing and said, it's like, all right, cool. This yeah. is talking with just, just a guy in his garage and is friendly. And so let's, let's do it. And next thing you know, it's like Obama's on it. So, right. It's uh it's 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 interesting how there's like certain things can kind of uh snowball in some ways and and and, and you end up like uh it, it it ends up promoting itself it's like uh it's like just through word of mouth and through good good vibes and good experiences yeah you know the problem with podcasting is uh it's easy to get into but it's hard to get an audience because I've had so many people that I know of who have done 
podcast and maybe made it through five or six episodes before they got discouraged because they were getting no hits at all. And, you know, that is uh, kind of how we got started. We we started out, we had, we had no people listening. It took us a while. And you just had to stick with it. Yeah, it's it, it's 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 interesting and and i don't know it's like i i i uh, do an interview show it's like for co-op radio and then i podcast the episodes and i have to convince myself sometimes it's like oh no this is worth it and it's like it's uh, i i do it for my own fun and benefit but i have to make sure it's like that i post things and podcast the, the episodes because um there's even though I don't necessarily monitor how many people listen or how many downloads there are, it's like, or how many people listens to the radio show live. It's still important to somebody. And I've had some folks, it's like, say they really appreciate my style of stuff and it, and it's, and it's creating a, an alternative for, for like maybe the, the, the average radio or podcast, um, landscape they're they're finding something and it's like and, and what i do and it's like and they appreciate or at least appreciate the work that i put into it it's like even right. if they don't necessarily listen to a particular episode yeah problem um, with radio is i remember trying to you know project out to this this audience that i couldn't see and there was no feedback <laughs> so and, you know, unless somebody yeah. called up and complained or or said it was great you see, well, it was kind of hard to get used to that fact that you were talking to somebody that may or may not be out there. So a few of the stations I worked at, they, they uh. probably weren't out there. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, again, like the overnights, it's like, you know, you just like, you might be talking to that one guy who's like uh, stuck at a, at a hotel desk. It's like check-in desk or something like that on, on highway nine. And oh, uh, you might be just like your one audience member. It's like, but you have to treat it. Like every every audience member is 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 important, and you are talking to one person. That's another thing that they would always say. It's like act as if you're talking to somebody, and a singular person, and and make it addressed that way. So, and how did you how did you both just and maybe this is, a, you know, honestly, this could be a gender based question, um, but. How do you have the confidence to just jump on and talk to the, to, you know, because it's, it's definitely a confidence thing that I didn't have. I don't have. Yeah. There's, there's <laughs> something to it. Um, Cause I'm, I'm, I'm not naturally confident. I, I am. I'm a guy who's like stands in the back. It's like at the, at the concerts, uh, even at like, mixers is like where the idea is to work the room i'm kind of hesitant of doing that i have to kind of psych myself out and to to do something like that um but in some ways you're for radio it's like you're in a booth by yourself Um, and so you can kind of trick yourself and um, thinking it's like that you're uh doing it for yourself and it's like nobody else is listening and after several years of that and, and and i still get like a little a little you know, nervous. It's like when somebody said, "Oh, I heard you." And it's like, yeah, you and I was like, "Oh, cool." It's like, uh, how how bad did it suck? It's like, no, no, it was great. 
it's like going, oh, you're being nice. It's like, seriously, you could tell me it's like a sucked or not. It's like, no, it's like, stop making it weird. Stop and making so, it weird, man. I was just saying I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said I liked it. It's like, you know, but yeah, it's but like. You've it's, got those doubts, yeah. It's your own brain. It's like, you know, acting against your best interests. It's like, yeah. uh, it's like, just, just take the compliment and say, like, be happy, you know? Uh, but yeah, it's like, it, it's, it's a, it's a bit of a trick in some ways. It's like, um, I wouldn't necessarily jump on stage and, and be able to MC for 45 minutes, but right, um, right. I can, I can do a podcast. <laughs> like when i had to when i put i did a I, I was at a march or whatever or something and i had to speak it was terrifying in front of all those people i was so fucking scared i just hated it i don't i don't ever want to do it again ever and i'm not really the kind of you know i feel like I, people think i'm the kind of person who could do that and have no problem with it just because i come across that way but I hate it. I don't want any kind of to part of that. I'm, and that made me realize that in a zombie apocalypse, I'm not going to be one of the leaders. Hmm. See, I'm going to yeah. be like you in the back, standing in the back going, I wonder what they're going to do. <laughs> Sometimes that's a safer approach. Uh -huh. <laughs> Usually uh, the, uh, the evil, a monster goes for the leader. So exactly. the, the leaders no leader. have all been eaten and then uh, you can figure out what you're going to do. Exactly. Yeah, I, I can be self-reliant to a detriment in some respects because okay. really? uh, I, I try to figure out like how, how many things that I can do is like on my own without having to ask for help. And uh, it, or it's like if somebody needs help, I can provide help, but I get a little squirrely it's like whenever i i need to ask for help from somebody because uh i again it's like in the back of my brain i keep thinking somebody's going to say oh that's a dumb idea and then it's like and i don't want the criticism i just want i just want the assistance or it's right. like or, or right. the answer i don't right. i don't want it's like the the added zing on it's like on the t it's like that comes with that yeah. so i got to the point it's like where i don't necessarily know how to use Pro Tools or Adobe Audition, all that well, but I know how to figure it out to yes. major problems that I've come across and then find YouTube videos. It's like for the rest. And and even like on, I never, I never took a journalism class, really. I just learned how to turn on mics and press buttons and hit record. And so I... When somebody tells uh, says it's like oh it's like you know it's like you're a journalist and I was like going well I interview people and I kind of rephrase things that way because I don't have a degree in journalism and and folks it's like that to me it's like that are legit journalism guys it's like they put in the time they put in the uh, they 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 did the 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 terrible shifts it's like with uh, feel good stories and things it's like that they 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 slogged is like to get to the point it's like where they're legit right yeah journalists and i don't not want to necessarily take that not all of them have degrees but they've all been they've all done the work yeah yeah it's yeah they, they had to put in the time they had to write the the uh the multiple uh like stories it's like about things just like that are nice but not necessarily impactful and it's like to kind of get to the point where they could do things that have meaning get their and big so, break yeah that, yeah that really helped me because being you know I, I, starting out at the bottom is the way to do it because I've had friends who 
walked into a star job you know Mm. they they were stars to begin with and had a they had a really tough time but you know i started out just you know a beat reporter on on the street trying to find somebody to interview you know you know in san francisco that was easy there's a lot of stuff to find but it was just a matter of you do that enough you can finally kind of work your way up through the the ladder of journalism but uh yeah i know that i didn't take any courses i mean i i had friends that asked me well did you go to the columbia school of broadcasting to get into radio no i just got into radio (laughs) i didn't study anything well it's like thorn right yeah yeah Thorn. it's like like ray hill mm, i mean you know he Um, he just started doing the prison thing uh, uh, d- uh for yourself scoop did you have your uh your license did you have your broadcaster's license yeah i got the third phone uh back when i first started at the local radio station in big spring texas in west texas and uh kept it for a long time i i i'd wanted to get the first phone which means you're kind of the engineer which you know had better money and <laughs> more job security they didn't want to fire the engineer yeah. but uh no i was too lazy to do that <laughs> yeah that 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 uh, kind of wrapped up before i started doing stuff but i heard many stories of folks was like wow oh, yeah to have like that the 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 voice talent carried the fcc license to be a licensed broadcaster and so it's like in addition to having the station's fcc license so you had to have like an actual id to be able to be on the radio yeah well um, that was uh kind of uh required but really what it was the 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 license was for is to keep the uh, fcc out of your hair because if you Mm. were going to be operating uh the equipment that basically the transmitter that's what they were uh concerned about and when i was working at kpft i'd already let my third phone lapse at, because I'd gone off and done other things that didn't require a third phone, and I went on and did all sorts of stuff. As long as someone in the station had a, you know, had a license, that's really all you needed. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, it's just kind of how things kind of evolved. It's like and and uh, and a lot of it, it's like I imagine, is just um, time and wanting to get more bodies it's like into studios and stuff it's like as opposed to having to like maybe pay for expertise (laughs) so do you guys think that as we go forward um with our you know live streaming and wi-fi and all this stuff that radio will die they've been talking about it for a long time and i really don't think so it's like in some ways i think it's like the clear channel stuff is like actually perpetuates its recognition factor so it's it's like and they end up having an investment in maintaining the in the industry and so it's like it's it's kind of like the devil you know type setup it's like where i I think there's they want to make sure it's like they maintain their investment so i think it's like with those types of money concerns behind the scenes radio will be around in some way in some form but i definitely think it'll be Mm. evolving I'm starting, you know, for several years now, it's like you start to hear podcasts being played on radio. Uh-oh. Whoop, whoop. 
got a free station. There you go. Here of like downloads as opposed to live. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, connection says unstable. <laughs> I am unstable. I always thought they were, the machine was being insulting. That way. It, it is. I'm a very stable person. Very exactly. <laughs> but, you know, but yeah, I, I, I've heard podcast shows being uh, broadcast on terrestrial radio, and I heard a terrestrial shows get more response off of podcast downloads. And so, you know, and I, then once again, I think of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. The yeah. only thing that's going to work is going to be radio. You're not going to be able to use your Wi-Fi, yeah. right? But you should be able to use a transmitter. Yeah, well, most radio also is uh, have a, uh, their signal streamed out on the Internet because some people want to hear it, but they don't want to turn on right. the radio. And I have right. some friends who are into... Uh, a really exciting thing for local radio, and it's low power FM. Uh, from, low power. Uh, up in uh, Mendocino County in California, he, you know, he does his own little radio show uh, out off of a kind of homebrew low power FM. And then another guy that uh, I worked with at KPFT, Louis Leonard, uh, has a uh, low power FM up in Alaska. And there's a lot of that, you know. Well, what is it? It it well, it's it's just what it says. Low power. You know, most uh, FM radio stations are going to have a big blasting signal. I know. Right. When I worked for for in northern uh, Texas was, I think we were like uh, twenty five or thirty thousand watts. You know, and these are like uh, you know five hundred watts maybe. I, yeah, I think that's. So does that just mean that it doesn't go very far? It, yeah, it, it, it is truly local. It, it just. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so it, cool. It's for, it's for a local area. And, I love uh, that. The, the problem is though, uh, you know, FCC being what it is, uh, makes it really hard to, you know, to, to get the license. You have to go through all sorts of hoops, you know. So, you know, there are people, you know, rallying to the cause of trying to get it more available because there's so many places that don't have radio at all if you're way out if you had somebody who could get a little low power station you at least have some sort of entertainment going on in your in your small town or some kind of you know i I have to look but i think the wimberley station i was talking about earlier qualifies as a low power station there's a there's one in in tyler called kbsr which is out of a bar and uh they do live broadcasts of the bands that play at the bar and i i there's there's initiatives to like to to help those get off the ground Uh, but there's also gear it's like if you want to put together it's like a, a transmitter and even if you can get like a tower, which I think what it's like ten grand or something like that, it's like at least it's like to get a tower started for a transmitter. It there's a lot of up of upfront costs. It's like in gears, right. like to be able to broadcast. Yeah, still, and so yeah, there's uh, issues. And then do do they have to keep it running twenty four hours a day? Not necessarily. I mean, uh, there, yeah, I don't it, think it depends so. on the license. Yeah, some some yeah. places uh, you could. I, I I worked at a couple of stations that were only daytime, but you you had to sign off when the sun went. Okay. Down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's because I because I always thought there was like a a rule about no if you had too long of a space of quiet on radio, 
Well, that's just that, dead air. You're, yeah, that's one of the cardinal sins. No dead air. You can't just stop talking. And that was dead air uh, right there. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that. Like, what? Can't do that. What? Yeah, I I have to think about some of the some of the deals. It's like I I do know it's like there's something that's like about if you don't use the signal, it's like then you run the risk of having the license lapse. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. If, yeah. if you're not on the air, that yeah, that, that, you can't that. just hold it. You know, it's like and just. Um, sit on you have to actually use the license if i remember right but uh you know it's like one of the things it's like that you, you you reminded me of it's like talking about folks who get into podcasting um there's a there's a guy that i found late uh studs turkle out of chicago oh yes he's the man yeah, and uh, I love him. And uh, he is the guy who did podcasting before podcasting was invented. Mm-hmm. And he would talk with the everyman. And he would talk just like to folks just like that who were uh, hawking newspapers, just like at the newsstand and things like that. And just find out it's like what they're into. It's like mm-hmm. and how they got here. And it's like, and what about their family? And and so that, that type of line of talking to the average person has kind of changed just like a little bit of how I approach interviews and and I end up that's cool humanizing a lot of folks I end up getting a chance to talk to and I like the things like that the folks that I talk to appreciate it and so well there's also pirate radio and yeah uh, what's that about there used to be some stations here in Austin I know my friend Bob Simmons uh, I believe uh, ran one for a while and uh, he finally ended up selling his little thousand watt transmitter (laughs) Was he was he K O S K O A S? Uh, I can't remember. Chaos. Do you just what make up your own letters? What is the? Oh, you, well, you didn't really need any letters. You for just, pirate. <laughs> for pirate, and uh, I actually did a little of that in the Bay Area. My friend uh, Dave McQueen, that worked at, uh, he was the news guy at uh, KSAN Radio, and he was also an alumnus of uh, KPFT in Houston, and. Uh, he had been given one by his wife at the time. Uh, she, she, he, he told her, her how he really liked this 100-watt uh, shortwave radio that was uh, in, in one of the stores there in Berkeley. So she went and got it to him, gave it to him for his birthday. And he had, there's no way he was going to do it. He'd lose his job from you know, going up and firing up an illegal broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any scruples, so <laughs> me and a buddy would go up and there. There was always a thing on, um, it, it was on Halloween. All the pirate radio people would go and at least do a broadcast on Halloween where you'd go off somewhere and fire it up. And then, you know, I fired up the, my buddy helped me do this. I fired out the 100 watt a shortwave transmitter, and I probably triggered every garage door opener in the East Bay. <laughs> it was very yeah. Dirty. Then we just you know, did some pre-recorded stuff and then ran for it because we figured to, that the FCC was going to be after us, and I doubt if they really give a shit. My <laughs> uncle, when I was a kid, he got me and my cousin um, shortwave radios, but we would o- we could only do um, Morse code. Hmm. Oh, interesting. Did, did you it? learn? Yeah. Wow. I learned. Boy, you, <laughs> that's that's impressive. Yeah, you, you got me on that because I was a big shortwave radio fan. I, I would listen, but I, I would want to listen. I, I just talk. couldn't. I I couldn't do the shortwave. Uh, I mean, uh, the you know Morse code. It was. 
<laughs> yeah, that's like your intro license level, and I, I I ended up getting a license, and so there is a sh I have a handle for a shortwave radio license somewhere in my stuff. I did nice. it, but I did that it's like years ago when I was in Boy Scouts. It's like to get a merit badge, and yeah. I haven't kept up with it. And uh, but that's another thing that kind of appears during disasters is uh guys with uh shortwave radio rigs exactly like, oh, yeah, yeah they, they they have big uh, get-togethers where they go out everybody brings their gear along and they do uh you know broadcast just to kind of organize and uh, find out you know who's going to be available if there is an emergency and, and i'm telling you zombie apocalypse that's one of the ways that uh, people get uh information because these guys are everywhere Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, depending on how the weather works, it's like there's uh, yeah. they, they, they try to get uh, like postcards. It's like from stations that they hit in different parts of the world mm -hmm. and things like that. And they try to it's like, well, let's let's see. Like, let's see. It's like where we're connecting at. And so it's timing and, and environment. And it's like and it just but it, it's a it's a big uh, thing. It's like to to kind of keep up with. And it's a, it's an interesting hobby. I. I it didn't take for me, unfortunately, but it's like I, I uh, am in awe. It's like some of the folks like they can uh, do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. yeah, I still have shortwave radios that I listen to because it, it's interesting that what's happened to shortwave. You used to hear all sorts of things on there, but right now all you can find are ultra-conservative religious broadcasters. You know, one of them, mm. Quito, Ecuador, and there's you know some uh, in the United States, and they— they have huge transmitters. I'm sure they're not legal, but they, wow. you know, nobody's going to come and bust the, you know, the, the Reverend Fred who has a 200,000 watt transmitter. They're, they're, they're making use of that uh, kind of quasi legal shortwave radio band and just yep, yep. making the most out of it like for their interests. Maybe so. there's a, maybe there's like a sort of like they're tax exempt. Maybe there's a special exemption for them because they're a church maybe, yeah. maybe so at least for the property and yeah property tax and but i i, I want to see cb radios come back i want to oh, like i'm waiting for that man. yeah the breaker I'm, one nines breaker yeah. one nine to, for 1036 yeah. yeah we used to do that my grandfather had those we would talk on those things oh that was so fun and why yeah. not i mean and so okay with shortwave radio can you just, it's on one channel and you have to know that channel. Is that right? For, that for CB? That, yeah. No, I know for CB, but for like, oh. like the stuff we were talking about earlier, when you only have, you know, a small group of people that you can transmit to. Uh, you know, the way shortwave works is that there's all these different bands, uh, you know, the meter bands, and some of them will go for a long distance. So, you know, shortwave broadcasts skip based on you know, the atmospheric conditions. It skips off with what it's the strat is it the stratosphere, one of the lakes yeah. and it'll bounce halfway around the world. And there's others that are very much, you know, almost line of sight because they really don't have that effect. But there's wow. all sorts of you know, frequencies and uh yeah, you get a lot of variety from what I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, I we should get CBs and start. We're gonna bring it back. Come on, Tracy. Well, talk I'm about get CB. One. Uh, I, I've been. I, I have some CB right. I have a lot of. Yeah. Gear. I, yeah. I, I'm incurable. Uh, yeah. I used to ask my wife, and 
I was listening to it the other day, and I was, I'm in Bastrop County, which is not a real a liberal uh, enclave, and I was hearing a lot of the paramilitary folks in Bastrop County talking back and forth, you know, a, a lot of anti-Biden smack talk. Are you serious? Mm. And, yeah, because, you know, basically <laughs> no one knew uh, CB even exists. You know, that's, that's old technology that... Uh, well, yeah. Even, yeah. Even the truckers don't use it anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you so can just So these militias have... are using it? Yep, because it's, you know... <gasps> It's uh, pretty much unregulated. So I've been listening and trying to, you know, zero in on some of these folks. But uh, it, it, it kind of makes it's sense. Frightening. It it kind of makes sense. It's like you know, it's like you don't have to worry about somebody's like uh, watching after your Facebook group or yeah. something like that. You can yeah. be it's like more and in unless someone's and, recording it. Yeah, and uh, talk talk about radio. This is how I, my wife is. Yeah. He, she's recovering from an operation, so she's not yeah. mobile. So whenever I'm in the studio, I have this business That's, band radio. Yeah, yeah, a little walkie-talkie. Call me, little walkie, and, and those are, some of them will get to maybe five miles. But this was how much is a CB radio? I want to get one and start listening for the militias. Yeah. Well, like Radio Shack would be like ten bucks. It's oh, like if Radio Shack was still around. They're, so. they're giving them away. We, we actually have a Radio Shack here. <laughs> Uh, they're like 50 bucks yeah i mean you you can find them it's like on ebay and stuff and some of them have like the uh, the fake wood grain and i love the fake you have to get the faux grain finish it's yeah ricardo montalban and his rich corinthian leather (laughs) Um, yeah you have to get a like classic 80s version yeah i'm so getting one and scoop i'm gonna we're gonna talk and then tracy you have to get one because it's gonna be so fun we're gonna listen we're gonna know what the militia well the problem with cb is it doesn't go that far (laughs) unless unless you have one of those illegal ones where they have a huge antenna and they boost you guys should be able to hear stuff though yeah you and when you go in the car right yeah it's a it's definitely something it's like you know I'm, i'm i travel it's like about an hour each direction for work and stuff and so you know it'd be nice it's like to just have something kind of kill time besides audiobooks and yeah uh, uh, and spotify so it's like yeah. it could be fun let's so. listen to some white nationalists i think that's <laughs> yeah well i'm out out here in jade helm country yes so. i know you are i know you are man that's why yeah that's why uh, I stay the, in the studio most of the time. <laughs> New Braunfels has gotten pretty conservative over the years. It's like That's our state was... our, our state rep is Dr. Uh uh Campbell. And oh, uh right. she's a uh she's a I don't a piece know. Of work. Like a, <laughs> yeah, she's definitely a piece of work. And it's like and uh into theocracy. Oh yeah. And it's like and and leading by the Bible. And it's like, all right, okay. And she's one of those folks, it's like that's that will have that position as long as she wants it and so yeah it's a it's 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 interesting we we had uh uh trump truck rallies every thursday night at sundown in the Braunfels, it's like where everybody get in their big truck and have their trump flags and go all throughout town and circle around and go shoot their guns and drink beer well the place place where i live has uh, a golf cart rallies and you know, during, during the election they were all the trump train of golf carts 
I rolled. Well, they, I was so tempted to take my big truck out there and like. Didn't they do, yeah, do the reversal? The, yeah, they did it to the Biden bus. I was tempted to oh, go out. That and, was uh, fucked up. That was. And so that's with the Trump right. train, but I figured they probably were armed, and I would have died. So. Uh, yes. It's like I, you know, I ended up like talking to one or two, it's like uh, because they didn't know who I was, it's like or or what I was about, and so it's like that, but. The, so it's like, yeah, it was definitely conspiracy, deep conspiracy stuff. Um, but if you're into shot, Schadenfreude, every once yes. in a while something will happen, like the uh, the the Trump boat thing that happened on Canyon Lake. It was oh, brilliant. Yes. <laughs> where they had too many boats, it's like at one time, and they swamped each other in the wakes idiots. of their own boats. Idiots, idiots, idiots! I love it. Let's just like natural selection. Let's and just get them out of I think here. There was like two, maybe three boats that sank. Yeah, because it's like they got swamped, and it's like ah, I I I feel for them. There were pictures of it underwater with the yeah. It's like (laughs) it's kind of scary because it's like I wouldn't want anybody like to to pass away like from something like that. But it's like at the same time, I also like it's if you if you're around a boat it's like you should know about some of this stuff it's like before you get in a boat it's like go yeehaw it looked like a lot of those people really didn't know what they were doing they probably you got got uncle louis boat and borrowed it for for the they just wanted to go out there and be assholes and yell and be you know and and act like it's spring break and these are adults (laughs) you know it's like what is happening i don't i really it was this is right for senior citizens mostly. <laughs> this is this is a total a side story, but it's also related at the same time. It's like one of the many random side jobs I have is like as I work at, at uh, ACL Live Moody Theaters. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, one of the theaters here in, in town. We have bands, and there's certain bands that come through town. Like if it's like uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire, or it's like something like that, or the Beach Boys. Inevitably somebody decides to it's like we're going to do it like we did 25 years ago and oh tailgate in the parking lot <gasps> and drink a case of beer before going into the venue but it's like oh you're 50 now mm-hmm. and so they don't last past three songs and they <laughs> have to be escorted out because it's like they <gasps> pass out and uh, that was like a running trend and i was trying to figure out it's like what's going on it's like and it was like certain era of bands. It's like from the eighties and nineties. It's like and it's like Megadeth or something like that. Actually, oddly enough, I should say it's like the metal bands, like Slayer and the hard rock bands, like Megadeth. <laughs> Their fans are awesome. They're like super cool, super chill. They're just happy to be there, and they they know they 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 already know. I guess it's like there's a preconception. It's like about metalheads, and so it's yeah. like they're over extra nice. <laughs> And it's like just certain types and certain country acts. It's like they decide it's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna drink our weight in alcohol, and oh. they can't do it anymore. And so it's oh, like, it isn't that a that. surprise? Isn't that yeah. a surprise when you that day that you wake up and go, oh my god, I almost killed myself. I'm gonna have to completely stop this now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm glad to hear that you're doing that gig because when uh, radio news. Uh, went away i went to the music business i I managed bands in the bay area for about 10 years and then went into concert production with the old uh, california promoters and i experienced just what you're talking about having to scrape people off the floor or try to keep (laughs) people from jumping on stage with their idol and 
Uh, we'll, we'll have to have you back to talk about some of those stories. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that. Luckily, some... it's like nothing's gotten too too crazy, but every once in a while I'll you see time. something that's totally avoidable. <laughs> but uh, but it's it's kind of it's kind of wild, and it's like and, and I was never the guy who brought uh it's like a, a 12 pack for me and a six pack for the party i just i just never was that big of a beer drinker even with like near beer and lone star and milwaukee beast and the things that we had it's like to 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 lean on boons mm. boons str- oh, uh, it's like bar no, 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 things like no. that like that that was like the classic mid-90s stuff and it's like and yeah i just ever clear oh, yeah God. i I never, I never got hooked on that where I had to be it's like blackouts, like to have a fun time. It's like, so right. I, I kind of consider myself luckier now. It's like that I never picked up as like any bad habits like that. It's like, but, uh, but yeah, I, I knew more than a few folks. It's like they had to really party hard to party at all. And, mm. and oh, I hope they're doing okay. They figured it out. Contracts in the eighties and nineties were unique. I used to see people, coming in and they were they were trying to bring in a big jug that they said it was just orange juice. Yeah, I knew <laughs> to that. Help me, I knew that help me with my I, trip. I had done it before at uh, you know, the Day on the Green concerts that Bill Graham did. You know, they didn't have any uh, liquor being sold backstage and we all sat backstage and I would bring in orange juice that we'd had a little Everclear added <laughs> Yeah, but these exactly. people would be. I mean, and uh, it it never failed. They'd be either trying to climb up on stage or trying to, you know, get into a fist fight with you know whoever was close to them. And it's like, okay, we've got to get rid of these guys. But there was a lot of that. Yeah. Before we go, I just want to I want to just mention the throwback to what ACL used to be. Mm. <laughs> ACL used to be at um, the student lounge uh, in, uh, at UT and you would go and you would line up uh, and the and whoever was, it was first come first serve. And yeah. so everybody would line up and it was free. It yeah. was completely free. And what are the tickets going for now? The low end is maybe 65. <laughs> maybe. Well, I, I think for the actual Austin City Limits television show tapings, they, they they do a lottery. And it's like, and there's an email list and you have to put your name, it's like on the email list. But then it's like, those lists can get kind of thick. And if yeah. it's like a boutique artist like the Foo Fighters, right? Um, guaranteed that um, most of those tickets are going to go to sponsors and supporters, uh, absolutely. fundraisers like, for, oh, absolutely. for this show. But it's still, honestly still relatively then, a big deal it's like if you get a chance to see those shows but then but then i'm not done yet <laughs> and it was done in a very small 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 space yes. where you were just campus, i yeah. mean you could have touched the indigo girls you know mm-hmm. or lyle lovett ann richards was sitting you know 10 feet away from you and they gave you two free lone stars they did. They did do free beers like for those early broadcasts. I mean, and now it's like all high end and it costs it. I mean, you try to get a beer, get a Lone Star there now and you just might as well forget about going to dinner after. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like 
once Live Nation took over, you know, basically concert production through the nation, you know, the prices, you know, just kept going up and up to where you you basically have to take out a mortgage to get some of these big tours. You'd get any kind of tickets. Yeah, festivals and venues like arenas and stuff like that. It's definitely it's like cost prohibitive, but yeah. Somebody somewhere is like did the market analysis on it. And it's also it's like one of those things where there's something about, well, like it was like at a club, you pay a guarantee to a band or the tickets go to the band and the beer sales goes to the venue. Mm. At least that is like the way the old school setup was. Right. So it's like if, if, if the market will allow $20 yes, low stars. But that, that's, that's just the point though, is now... I mean, when it was Austin City Limits at, this, at UT, anybody could go. You, I mean, Leslie could go. Yeah. You know, and, and you, no, you just line up and wait. And yeah, I, and I now will it's say, like only if you can afford it do you get to partake in this thing that made Austin what it is. So all of us poor Austinites can't afford to go anymore. You know, well, it's. I, it's. I will sucks. say it's like for ACL Live Moody Theater, most of their shows are not acl tapings but they use the venue as a regular production theater venue where you buy tickets mm-hmm. so for acl tv tapings that i've gotten to be able to be a part of i just wait at the standby line there's a there's the willie nelson statue right there on second and lavaca and if you show up like say six o'clock for an eight o'clock show there's probably about another 30 people there at that time and more, the way I heard it, it's like from somebody associated with the TV shows that they usually take the first 75 that weigh it outside. They they really they don't give away all the tickets because they want to maintain that walk up vibe. And there's a couple of folks that I've run across walk that up. camp out. I'm sorry, did you say buy? You still have to buy the ticket. Well, they're, they're, they 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 want to maintain that walk up vibe. And so oh, it's like, okay. they don't they don't give away all the tickets for the venue because I think the venue is like even with light, the cameras and lights and everything is still, I think, twenty seven hundred. It's like if it's full out to the max, it's like with all three floors. And so I think I think they still want to kind of keep that that walk up setup. It's like that you talked about where folks could still still feel like they can get in to see a show. But at the same time, you have to plan and you have to you have to camp and um that's fine i mean that to me is fine that's what we used to do if it's free and anybody can get in if you just line up and wait that's one thing you know but yeah for the for the tv tapings they're still free it's like uh but there's always secondary markets and they try to crunch uh try to cramp down on some of that stuff yeah the the whole thing of allowing those walk-ups is important for TV especially because they don't want an empty building. They don't want empty seats. Right. Because, you, know, you, you see that at uh, the award shows. They have the people that are seat fillers. And they want some people to be seat fillers because, you know, it's uh, a big no-no to have the camera pan through the crowd and there's empty seats. It's like, well, like, it makes you look It looks like, like a Trump You're rally. unpopular. <laughs> so you well, don't it, let that happen. Yeah, and ACL is still kind of interesting where it's like, uh, if I remember the lore right, from the beginning, they would just pay an artist a flat $500 guarantee. Mm. And it's like that would be like to to book the band. 
So it's like even now to this day, honor for them to play. Right. And then they have full control of their show. They can play any song they want and you order that they want. They can introduce anything that they want. It's like the stage is theirs for as long as they want. If they want to do a full hour or like um, one time I got to see Jason Isbell and 400 unit and they played for three hours mm -hmm. and then they released it as it's like a two CD set. So you can actually go find the Jason Isabel live from Austin City Limits because it's like that's those are recordings that he has. And, and wow, they, I love they, him. They turn all that stuff back over to the artist and to the artist label, which which also makes it kind of hard to find their stuff. It's like if an artist releases their live ACL taping, then you get to see it and hear it. It's like on this in a in a video or it's like our DVD is like or as an album. But ACL, they don't have a dedicated YouTube channel because they don't have all the rights to all the things. It was part of that initial agreement with those talent. And it's like to be a, a one-time only $500 one-time only broadcast type deal. They they have greatest hits episodes and they may be yeah. air an episode, but that they, they saw the that's Cindy all Walker yeah. episode. They re-aired that one. Yeah. Back in the early days, you know, they were, you know, the artists were generally fine with just getting uh, you know, a little bit of money for that. They were making their money off of records. Mm -hmm. And today, it's not that case. Artists don't make money off of selling their music. They make money off of touring and merchandise because that's yeah. the only place that they have any control over it. Yeah, you know, because you know it's just hard to make any money. Out. Streaming didn't pay anything. <laughs> Spotify mm -mm. didn't pay. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a different dynamic, and and uh, we'll still have music. We'll still have artists, but. Well, the now pandemic the caused C some issues. Yeah. What's it called? CHP chat or C? Oh. C I mean, yeah. they're AI they're, chatbots. Oh. Yeah, they're just making song after song after song, you know, mm -hmm. and, and spitting them out in an algorithm, and Taylor Swift will see it or whatever cream cheese Disney, you know, star they crank out for the next. Yeah, they use auto tune to make them sound like they can sing. Exactly. <laughs> well, I hate to be Mr. To Buzzkill, right. but I think we, we, I have no idea where <laughs> where we are because of where we started a little late. <laughs> but Tracy, we must have you back. This was fun, and uh, I, we. I'm would... down to chat anytime. I, okay. I I appreciate it, and I appreciate y'all. I'm flattered that y'all guys think of me. It's like for these oh, things. Oh, absolutely. Like, we're, 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 awesome. we're we're flattered that you're flattered. So. <laughs> well, if there's one last thing that I forgot to get to, it's like that I forgot to. It's like when we were talking about accents and dialects and stuff. It's like about broadcasting. If you ever get a chance to see Fred Armisen. Uh, oh, yeah. do stand up Fred Armisen folks know his face from Saturday Night Live he does this whole bit it's like toward the end of his stand up routine where he asks people to stump him uh, it's like to pick a pick a town anywhere in the United States and you'll figure out how to do an accent from that town and he's a he's been in all the places and that's, a, that's something that he really makes it's like a so it's like he's you, good at it he's yeah. a good mimicker he really is i've seen him do it it's amazing he could do hey. it's like east texas versus west texas versus south texas it's like like nobody else he he, he and it sounds authentic well thanks everybody i'm gonna hit the big red button and we can all go have whatever 
it is that's waiting for you. Uh, time <laughs> is a big, big glass of wine. So, good night. Uh, thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Scoop. Thanks, Scoopy. Tracy. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Scoop. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Much obliged. You can follow the Plutopia News Network at plutopia.io. On Facebook, go to at Plutopia News. On Twitter, it's at Plutopia. This is the Plutopia News Network, 20 minutes into the future.